here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Rob McCarron. You know, we, uh, we had some feedback from our last show. Okay. Episode 94. More than one person told me or spoke to others and said that I was a little rude to you. Cutting you off, not letting you get picks in, forgetting your your existence, really. Jeff Hawkins. I'm being trolled. Oh, right Jeff, now, Jeff, wait. <laughs> wait, I have breaking news coming into the news desk here. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. Daniel, have you ever seen a ghost? Uh... Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Shake Them Ropes. It is episode 129. Rob McCarron here, Jeff Hawkins here as per usual, and we are joined by a special guest to talk all things WWE Royal Rumble this week as the big show is coming up on Sunday night. Guest, hi, how are you? What's up, you guys? It is Sean Ross Sapp of Wrestling Inc. Sean is kind enough to uh, come talk Royal Rumble and make some wild, bold predictions about who could possibly win and so forth. Uh, Sean, thank you so much for joining us. And how is it around your neck of the woods? It's good, but let's be honest with the people. I did try to hold you up for money. Uh, I said that if Jeff didn't put me over in the good housekeeping match that I wasn't going to come on the show, and I tried to hold you up for uh, a six-figure sum. Yeah, and how did that work? Uh, I'm not getting paid. No, you are not. What, what I, a uh, shock, neither am I. <laughs> I stood my ground. I stood my ground and said, you know what? I'm not you know, putting this guy over because uh, I am the Hulk Hogan of this podcast, and Jeff is the Ray Stevens? I don't even know. Jeff, who are you? I'm the Iron Mike Sharp of this podcast. May he rest in peace. So you're going to be silent this whole time then? Well, I can just mute myself and leave. All right. Um, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Sean, WrestlingInc.com. That is where you are now. Uh, tell us what you do there. I do a little bit of everything there. I do a podcast on Mondays. We're doing one uh, tomorrow night with uh, Raj and Vince Russo, which is very interesting to do a podcast with Vince Russo. Uh, I'll say that. Uh, he's very subdued on our show in a good way. Uh, if for some reason you hate Vince Russo, I encourage you to give it a shot. Also, I, I write, I do interviews, I cover uh, MMA for the website, I, I post videos, pictures, anything you can think of for that site outside of the technical uh, aspect of it, I do. I'm glad you mentioned how you cover MMA for WrestlingInc.com because as you may know, and as some of our listeners know, and as Jeff certainly knows because he won't stop reminding me of it, I have placed a wager Against myself, I don't even know how this happened or why I did it because it. I have no benefits if I win. Uh, I have wagered that I will eat my hat if CM Punk ever fights in UFC. What would you put the odds on that? No, let's do a percentage. Percentage of, you know, CM Punk actually fighting 
in the UFC at this moment here on January 19th, what would you put that percentage at? Oh, man. From the people that I talk to, and I've talked to a lot of people in that camp, you're probably going to be eating a hat. Yes, sir! Like, I would say I would say it's probably at least 75% at this point. Like, they have so much money that's going to be left on the table if they don't do that. They have an opponent in mind. If If this Mickey Gall wins, he's going to fight CM Punk. And... Yeah, well, let, no, let's be real. He's going to be scheduled to fight yeah, CM he'll be, Punk. He'll be scheduled to fight CM Punk. I think it's going to happen. Uh, I, and here's the thing. I think it's going to happen more than once. I think CM Punk will fight probably at least twice in the UFC. Oh, wow. Oh, That's wow. Do you have to eat two hats then? No, oh, I don't. Man. No, I don't. I, I If he ever fights, it doesn't matter how many times. Uh, yeah, obviously, they're they're trying to get CM Punk for, what, UFC 200 to fight Mickey Gall, but Mickey Gall, let's uh, let's tell the people, Mickey Gall here has to first beat Michael Jackson. <laughs> and not that Michael Jackson, but he has to first beat to Michael be beating Jackson. beating Michael Jackson. Oh, wait, different. <laughs> he is a little old, and usually <laughs> Michael does the beating. Um, uh, he's a little, uh, he's going to have to fight Michael Jackson here and then get the fight with CM Punk, and it's not like CM Punk at his age and at his level of experience wouldn't be necessarily prone to injuries when he's doing a full you know, get ready for a fight camp here. So I am, even if Mickey Gall wins, even if a CM Punk fight is announced, I'm still feeling pretty comfortable that CM Punk may never fight in the UFC. Even if after all that happens, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable here. In fact, I am putting my hats on pedestals. I am worshiping them because I will never have to eat them. And you know what? If I ever do, uh, I guess that'll be a gimmick for the video show. Uh, if, if I ever have to eat my hat. So which of your hats looks most delicious to you as you think about this situation? Like which what, one do you which one do you look at and you say I'm eating you? If uh if this situation ever pops up to where I have to eat my hat, I don't know, that might be a poll I have to put out for the audience to decide. <laughs> I may have to, you know, give a little uh, fashion show of all the hats that I own and whatever hat people want me to eat, that's the one I will uh, have to eat. I don't know, because I, I mean, would it matter Like, uh, if I eat my Reds hat versus my Nationals hat? Does it really matter? Well, I think we can get you a CM Punk hat to that's eat. That's what I was thinking. There we go. There's, you, there's the deal. Yeah, let's be real. You mentioned that on Twitter, but I the wager was I have to eat my hat, not a hat of uh, you know oh, that I have to purchase he, later yeah. on. Well, Give me a hat. No, I will buy the hat. If you have to eat the hat, I will buy you a hat to eat. Let's be real. When you eat a hat, it it becomes your hat. Yes. It's true. It really does. It becomes part <laughs> like, of me. From from I mean, I'll make no bones about it. This Michael Jackson that Mickey Gall's fighting, I've never seen him fight. By all means, he'll probably be the worst fighter in UFC history, with the exception of some of the people that they pulled off of uh some of the overseas tough shows. But um yeah, I'm I'm actually surprised that they're going to give CM Punk somebody who has at that time two pro fights cuz yeah. as you mentioned CM Punk has none. He has been training with uh Rufus Sport, which is a fantastic camp in Milwaukee, but yeah, that's it's going to be interesting. And Dana White said something like they may try to put CM Punk on UFC 199. I think and I've been told this by no one, so I mean don't take it as gospel, but I think that they they believe that just CM Punk on any show will probably sell it. Oh, yeah. And UFC 200 will probably sell itself mm -hmm. to a certain extent. Uh, but yeah, that's that's going to be insane. It's it's going to be crazy. But let's also remember that, you know, May, June, if if for some reason CM Punk is held out until, you know, UFC 200 in July, May and June is Blackhawks playoff season. 
I, I'm just putting uh-huh. CM Punk's focus not really on the octagon at that point. I'm putting it on, uh, you know, he's still going to be traveling to every show. He's going to realize, you know what? Do I really want to give up a Blackhawks playoff season to do this? And uh, we will find out his answer. It is CM Punk versus the Blackhawks playoff schedule. That yeah, is that's, what's going to happen. I had never thought about that. That's actually a really good point. A lot of people aren't thinking, you know, this is CM Punk here. Uh, what does he do for two months of every year since he quit? Uh, follow the Blackhawks around. And, uh, and troll and troll the king's mascot while he's doing. That's it. right. That's right. So you know what? I'm I'm feeling pretty comfortable. But yes, I was hoping that uh, if CM Punk was to ever uh, fight, it would happen before WrestleMania this year, so that we can do that as kind of a cool WrestleMania weekend thing down there in Dallas. But doesn't look like it's going to happen quite that early. But we <laughs> shall see. But we are here, Sean. You are here to talk about the Royal Rumble that is coming up on Sunday. We are going to preview all the matches on the show, including the big match on the show, the WWE title match. Uh, my first question, and I want to get everyone's thoughts on this because it seems to be a polarizing topic and partially because it came out of nowhere, uh, but Raw on Monday, last night's Raw ended with Bray Wyatt and his family beating up Roman Reigns and most especially Brock Lesnar. It ended with Bray Wyatt being strong here For the third year in a row now, the Bray Wyatt January push is in full effect. Uh, Sean, we'll start with you. What did you think about the weird and out-of-place ending with Bray Wyatt getting one up on Brock Lesnar? Does it mean anything? Where do we go from here? And uh, just how did you like the beatdown? Well, uh, and for all the crap that I give Vince Russo, he said something interesting on our podcast that... All he could think about as the Wyatts laid out Brock Lesnar is that all four of them ran away from Ryback last week, which is super weird how inconsistent their booking has been because they are such a unique, different act. I think it's going to go one of three ways. You have the obvious Brock Lesnar versus uh, Bray Wyatt match, which would be competitive, and Bray's probably going to lose. Maybe it's some sort of handicap match where that's the only way you think Brock Lesnar's going to lose. Either that or maybe he'll just slaughter Braun Strowman in three minutes by suplexing him repeatedly. That'd, that'd be kind of cool. Not watch Braun Strowman do anything offensive at all, just Brock Lesnar kills him, F5s him. But do you really want to waste a Brock Lesnar match on that? It's it's kind of weird. Um, they need more people that are over on the show desperately. So, I mean, I guess in that in that sense, it's it's okay. And, and isn't that kind of what... You know, we just basically saw as we go into the Royal Rumble, uh, it happens almost every year. I mean, they try to put a couple of talents over who could possibly win, even though you may not think that they have a chance to win. Because, you know, a lot of people are predicting Roman Reigns. A lot of people are predicting Brock Lesnar, some other names out there. But Adam Rose. Any, yeah, of course, Adam Rose, Heath Slater. I mean, which one of them is going to fight as the final two? Um, the question you don't see a lot is, could Bray Wyatt win? And could it have been, Jeff, that just they wanted to end a Raw with some other name as a possibility to win? Get you thinking that, oh, Bray Wyatt, you know, may win this match. Throw some intrigue there because Bray Wyatt does have the Wyatt family, something he didn't have last year. Uh, Bray Wyatt is a contender. I mean, does this necessarily mean that they're setting up some type of Bray Wyatt match with Brock? Or could it have just been, instead of Kane in the big show this year, we're promoting Bray as the big, tough, strong man who might throw a wrench into plans? They're setting up a in rumble story i think between the wyatts and brock and i think it's going to lead to some sort of handicap match or some match at fast lane to rebuild brock back up for what has to me been a missed storyline i think brock and chris jericho is a very big possibility at wrestlemania 
I think that the Bray Wyatt thing is just that holding for you to get in between there to build Brock back up as as a as a monster. But you'll notice Chris Jericho just got out of dodge after his promo on Pauly with no interaction with Brock. Yeah. I think they're saving I think they're saving that possibly for for WrestleMania, and that's why Chris Jericho is back in the WWE. I think it's a possibility. I don't know if it's for real with all the changing stuff on the card and the injuries and stuff, but I think it's now a possibility where Jericho is a big enough name for Brock to say, yeah, I'll face him in WrestleMania. Yeah, if they're doing, if they're doing a match with Brock mm-hmm. and Bray, uh, you know, if anything, I would guess it would be on Fastlane. Like, I don't know. Ask me, because yeah. you, you don't want three years in a row of killing Bray Wyatt. And not, even, and not even for that, <laughs> not even for that reason, just, you know, Brock and Bray seems a little out of place and Brock yeah. is going to be on the fast lane show. So why not feed him to, uh, or free Bray Wyatt to him, give him some type of match and there's your setup for it. Um, it, it's just a lot of possibilities. I mean, Sean, do you expect Brock and Bray to happen at WrestleMania? I mean, that that's the way it looked, but now that you mention it, Chris Jericho and man, that guy desperately needs to be a heel because he is miserable as a baby face right now. Uh, that that could be something they do because as uh, Jeff mentioned, they didn't they didn't touch they didn't really do a lot with each other. You had the the promo between Jericho and Heyman. Uh, so much of this card is still up in the air to me. Like, and and it's not WWE's fault necessarily because who would have predicted that they would have lost guys like Rollins and Cena and Orton for the amount of time that they have? So, man, this is it's it's. Going to be really telling. Obviously, the things will come into focus a lot more after Sunday, but mm-hmm. pretty nuts. Yeah, and even if they don't come into focus after Sunday, you would think they would, but maybe that raw afterwards. You still got fast lane in the middle there. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not putting Bray and Brock as a match, you know, at the forefront for a WrestleMania plan, and I'm especially not hating on the end segment because you know what, it could have been worse. It could have been Kane or the Big Show, which is you know two guys they normally go to at a at a closing segment like that. Like, who can throw over the big show? Who can throw over Kane? And Bray Wyatt, last year, was a dominant force. He basically eliminated the first third of the Royal Rumble match, including Daniel Bryan. So there you go. At the end of Raw, just kind of putting Bray Wyatt over in case you had forgotten how big Bray Wyatt can be. Bray Wyatt's been a guy who's been strangely well-protected. Aside from the the horrible feud with Cena where he just lost basically every match, this is a guy who's pretty well protected, whether it be with a family or not. He doesn't generally lose feuds. He had the big time spotlight match with Bray uh, with uh, Daniel Bryan at the Royal Rumble. He had the big time spotlight match with John Cena and then The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Bray Wyatt's a guy who doesn't feel like a main eventer, but he's been protected like one, hasn't he? Yeah, go back and look at. I, I, somebody sent me the video of the Daniel Bryan turn on Bray Wyatt at, uh, in the cage match. It's crazy to see how how far the the crowd reactions to the Wyatt family have just decreased. Oh yeah, and it's not their fault. I mean, I mean maybe it is. I don't know. You you have him come out and say the same thing every single week, and people are going to stop caring. And it's unfortunate because he is a very unique figure and a very unique character. And so are the other guys uh, for the weaknesses that Strowman and Rowan have. Wyatt and Harper make up for them, and I hope they can do something special with these guys. I really do. Yeah, Jeff, yeah, go ahead. The reason that their whole, the, the, the diminishing pops is because they are themselves, in their own words, agents of chaos who never cause any chaos. We're waiting yeah. for them to cause that chaos and to be that kind of monster heel team. And right now they're kind of coming off as the Dungeon of Doom. Yeah. 
I know yeah. everyone likes to around now, and it's easy to do, and we've done it on this very show, is try to guess what the WrestleMania card can be, just mm-hmm. going off of little hints that you see, and then the Royal Rumble kind of makes it a little bit easier uh, to judge what the card might be. Sometimes you have to wait for that you know, February pay-per-view to get to the main events, but I'm really getting in a mode lately where I don't, I don't want to guess at all. Like I don't want to guess what the WrestleMania card can be. We've had so many injuries. There's so many options, um, limited options, but at the same time, so many just because they can plug in, you know, God knows who. They can plug in Baron Corbin into one of these matches for all I know. They can plug Finn, Finn Balor into any of these matches for all I know. I'm getting to the point where I just want the, rest, the Royal Rumble to come. I want Fastlane to come. I'm tired of guessing what the matches for WrestleMania can be because if I keep guessing and throwing myself into this mindset of, oh, what could they do? Chances are I'm going to get disappointed by what they actually do. So I'm just getting tired. Sean, how do you feel about like, I know you kind of have to with Wrestling Inc., but are you getting tired of trying to guess what the matches could be or are you just kind of waiting to see what happens? Yeah, and about probably six months ago, I had a good idea of where they were going, but then you lose... Orton, Cena, Rollins, even Cesaro. Uh, you don't know if Sasha Banks is going to be around. I have no idea what what her health status is. Uh, you've got so many people that are out right you now. Half that, the card, half the card is off the show. Yeah, and you don't know where. What's Undertaker going to do? He's got to do something. Uh, is John Cena going to turn into Wolverine and heal himself and somehow show up there? You don't know. There's no more talk of Steve Austin working a match there. That's not a deal anymore. It uh, doesn't look like The Rock will be in like wrestling on the show, so that's off the table. Uh, Ronda Rousey, she'll probably be filming a movie, and she just got her ass kicked, so maybe the interest isn't there anymore. There's so much that looked like, it really looked like about a year ago that Vince McMahon was finally like, here we go, I'm going to plant these seeds, we're getting ready for WrestleMania next year, the one time that he does that, and now it's all out the window. Right. It's, it's really crazy how we're kind of going in the first third, first third of the year. Jeff, did you have a comment on that? Yeah, I did because this is the first WrestleMania I'm flying into. I have a financial (laughs) stake in this. I know. I I don't want to be part of the first WrestleMania that really, really sucks. Can't can't wait for that NXT takeover show in Dallas. And then that other event on Sunday. Yeah. So I'm just, so I'm right now I'm paranoid going, Oh God, nobody else get hurt because oh I don't want to be a part of that WrestleMania. The one that everybody just goes, eh. Yeah, that happened. There, yeah, there but, are still some tools that can show up yeah. and make this show fantastic. Yeah. Goldberg. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Tatanka will do an appearance. Oh, uh, God. Well, I understand. I'm also not naturally since birth a WWE fan. I came over from the Crockett thing. So WrestleMania, never that big of a deal to me. But this year, you know, I'm spending the money. Sure, let's go be a part of it, whatever. And now I'm just going, oh, man, all these guys I like are out. <laughs> it's just like, no, but, please. But depending on how a guy like Nakamura does uh, when he's trying to adapt, they could. I know that they like to pretend that nobody knows who any of these people are. It takes about three weeks. They do you all remember the pop Val Venus got when he showed up? It took about three weeks of vignettes to get that pop. It does not take WWE long to educate people about someone. Uh, And AJ Styles, Nakamura. And I'm not saying that Daniel Bryan's going to return, but if for some reason he returned, which seems more unlikely given the the concussion lawsuit uh, developments, but there are tools that can be introduced to keep making this a special show. I think, well, I'll I'll get into what I think Kevin Owens might do later, but he could be something that makes the show special as well. 
Uh, it's WrestleMania, and it's WWE, and they have a lot of talented guys. It's just a matter of sometimes, you know, they think that Kali versus Kane is a good idea. Yeah, yeah. We are going to run down this card. We're going to go ahead and do the Royal Rumble match first, but I do want to remind everyone you can find us at VoicesOfWrestling.com. My Twitter is at ShakeThemRopes. Jeff is at CrapGame13. Sean, what is your Twitter handle for the people to uh, who may not know uh, that they can follow you? It is at Sean Rossap, S-E-A-N-R-O-S-S-S-A-P-P. All righty. VoicesOfWrestling.com slash YouTube. Also, we are going to be back Sunday night after the Royal Rumble doing our live video show, Jeff and I talking all things Royal Rumble, and you can watch that and stream it live on YouTube or Apple TV, Roku, anything with a YouTube app, you can get us. So that's VoicesOfWrestling.com slash YouTube. But let's start with the Royal Rumble match. And I asked uh, both of you before the show to kind of put a top three potential winners list together. I want to go through that list before we kind of talk about what can happen in this match, what we expect to happen. Uh, Jeff, go ahead. Who are your top three contenders to win this match? Triple H, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar. All righty. I have the same uh, three. I have Brock Brock Lesnar as one, Roman is two, and Triple H is three. Uh, Sean, does your order differentiate? I have Triple H as one, uh, Lesnar is two, Reigns is three. Uh, Yeah, I think maybe Reigns, Triple H doesn't need the belt, so that's why I have Lesnar perhaps up there. Yeah, it's certainly an interest because a lot of talk has gone on to uh, Triple H and Roman Reigns, which make which makes sense. I mean, Roman Reigns put Triple H out. Vince has said that you'll never guess when Triple H will come back. The Royal Rumble seems to make sense, and they can kind of push to a WrestleMania match. Uh, Triple H as the world champion in 2016. Is that weird to anyone else? Not me. Yeah. Yes. Not me. I mean, why, why, why do you feel like it's it's comfortable, if you will? Me? Uh, because, okay, Roman Reigns, well, Triple H has put his faith in all of these people. He's put his faith in Randy Orton. Randy Orton couldn't keep the title off Daniel Bryan. He put his faith in Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins couldn't stay healthy. He put his faith in Sheamus. Sheamus couldn't hold on to the title. It's one of those, well, if I have to, I'll do it myself situations. Oh, yeah. And And the thing is... You can buy that. You can buy that Triple H has such a huge ego that he wants the title for himself. Deep down, that's what he wants. Yeah. Uh, whether it be in front of the camera or behind the camera, people believe that. And I think that when you can kind of transcend what's real and what's not, I think that's something special. I think they can do that. I'm sure Roman Reigns will win it at WrestleMania. But then again, you, you just never know, especially with Triple H. And that's that's the doubt that I like. I, I have no doubt, Jeff, that if Vince McMahon was still capable of wrestling a match or doing at least what he did in the late 90s, Vince would be the one fighting Reigns at WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll do it myself, damn it. You know what? That's if, what it is. I'll tell you yeah. something. If there wasn't going to be a backlash against, I could see Stephanie fighting Roman at WrestleMania. She's training. <laughs> She's training. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I, those, it's, it's funny that those are the top three. I mean, is there an outside contender, someone that we're not thinking of, uh, that may not necessarily be likely to win, uh, but wouldn't surprise you because they like to do this sometimes when, when Seamus was not a considered a potential winner, he went out and won Alberto Del Rio. It wasn't necessarily like he was a big favorite when he won in 2011. Sometimes they, they like to do this. The problem they have this time is there aren't two championships. 
there's only one, and now this match is for that championship, so they can't kind of give that outside winner who can, you know, fend off for the other title. Um, but is there someone? Is there someone like a Del Rio? Is is Bray Wyatt actually a true contender now? Is there something they can do and then get to their real plan at Fastlane? Sean, is there anyone else we're not seeing yet? I think Bray is like number four, maybe. And then maybe a guy like The Undertaker at number five. And I don't think he'll be in the match. But as you mentioned, they've done that a lot where the the, the choice that looks like it'd be the right Call doesn't win. Uh, Daniel Bryan last year when Reigns won. Uh, Edge. Edge when he came back uh, and won. Daniel Bryan uh, the year before when Batista won. And Roman Reigns, they could have, if Roman Reigns would have won the 2014 Royal Rumble, people looked like they would have been completely thrilled. Uh, Sheamus, Del Rio, Edge. I mean, it's hard to remember the last time that one, that a Royal Rumble winner made perfect sense. So. You never know, but yeah, I think I think really the four top guys: Lesnar, Triple H, Reigns, Wyatt. I think those are your your four best bets. And here's the thing: it seems like you know four out of thirty isn't a lot. That's a hell of a lot more than most years if you look back. Yeah, I mean, especially last year when really we were struggling to find anyone else other than Roman Reigns. Yeah, like last year there I mean, was da- one true contender. Well, I mean, people wanted Daniel Bryan to win, but yeah, that was wishful thinking, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Hey, so. Sean brings up The Undertaker, Jeff, and we've talked about, mm-hmm. you know, I even came on this show once and thought The Undertaker made sense as a as a winner pick. Uh, Sean, you don't think that The Undertaker will be in the match. Jeff, do you think The Undertaker will be in the match? No. Not at all. See, and I, I also, you know, to go on my number four, uh, I'm, I'm sticking with Alberto Del Rio as an outside shot here. If he loses the championship on the pay-per-view and then later they give him the world title to just be kind of a conduit to get to WrestleMania as, you know, it... it it builds back up the League of Nations as a legitimate stable after getting destroyed on the go home raw. They and, they and, would and, and, they would it, have Del Rio win the Rumble after getting beat by Kalisto three times. And, I just know they yeah. would. Yeah, and and then it and then it also you know it kind of puts dissension between Sheamus and Del Rio maybe for a possible uh, face turn later. So I could see them giving it to Del Rio now. Now my one other outside shot. What when I said my top three is that Triple H isn't even one of the thirty participants. He's number thirty-one, and this is a McMahon screw job because there's no way they can make the Roman Reigns sympathetic storyline go with Triple H being a legal entrant in the Rumble, much like they couldn't make him sympathetic when Sheamus legally cashed in his money in the bank. So they make a special thing where, oh, we have a new surprise entrant after Roman gets beat down. Triple H, this match t- keeps going. He throws him out. He's the champ. I like I like The Undertaker being in the match. Um, okay. I, I like him just kind of being in there and maybe to set up a, a WrestleMania program. He doesn't have to be in there. I mean, we've we've seen year after year where he's not in the Royal Rumble and other matches are set up. But I like The Undertaker coming back to kind of go for the world title, especially... I could see them doing a a part in the Royal Rumble match where Brock Lesnar is there in the ring and here comes Undertaker, you know, after Brock has cleared everyone out and Undertaker comes in as the next entrant and there they are, Undertaker and Brock Lesnar face off. Maybe right. maybe they do Brock and Undertaker again at WrestleMania. Maybe they do it again a fourth time. Um, I don't know, but I, I like Undertaker being in the match. I don't necessarily uh, think he's going to win it anymore. Uh, he just kind of seems too far out from any of the programs to actually have a shot to win this one. Um, My only problem with that is the bump card, and he only wants to take 
bumps that big like once a year once every six months and doing it at the end of january and then asking him to do it again and at wrestlemania might be a bit much but also at the same time the royal rumble is a match where he could go in there and walk out without having taken any yeah that's true uh sean what number is aj styles oh <laughs> gosh uh I, I think he might do it i mean now in me saying this, it doesn't mean that he's going to be in the Royal Rumble, but I have heard that people that people have asked to book him for that day, and they haven't heard anything back back from him. They just haven't heard anything at all. Meanwhile, if he's been asked to be booked other days, that isn't necessarily the case. Um, so who knows? I mean, maybe he's just protecting the uh, the image of it. I don't know, man. I hope he's in it, but I hope if he's in it. I hope he's like number two, honestly, and then he lasts like he has an awesome showing because he's not going to win the thing if he's in it. But uh, no, but we've, ta- we've talked about it on the show, Jeff and I, where like it makes sense if you're going to have this match for the world championship and Vince McMahon is going out there saying it's one versus all that Vince would want to bring in champions from other areas. They don't have to mention New Japan. They don't have to mention TNA, obviously. But AJ yeah. Styles makes sense as a guy that can come in as a former champion elsewhere trying to fight for this championship and help Vince's plan to get the belt off of Roman. Uh, so there's there's a logical way to make AJ Styles in there making sense. I don't know. I think at this point it's 50-50 on him even being in the match. Jeff, do you think AJ Styles will be in the Royal Rumble? I do not, but if you want to make it make sense, I put him in the late teens, early 20s. I have him eliminate a couple of people, and then I have him as one of the final four to make him a big deal once he, you introduce him full-time. That's the only way I could see it. Otherwise, you're wasting his appearance for the most part. It's kind of like Rusev a couple years back, which did nothing for him. Big call. A lot of people are uh, are thinking the Bray Wyatt beatdown of Brock Lesnar at the end of Raw signifies a Bray Wyatt-Brock Lesnar match at WrestleMania. If anything, it reaffirmed what I thought Bray Wyatt might do at WrestleMania. Jeff, do you remember what my plans for Bray are for Mania? Uh, duet with Kid Rock? <laughs> well, he could do no. that early no, on I, No, I, I don't remember, to be honest with you. AJ Styles mm. versus Bray Wyatt mm. is the match that I am going out on a limb on. Call that wild speculation. Call that a bold prediction. Call it a proclamation of nonsense. I don't care what you call it. Uh, but if anything, especially if they are going to bring in Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows and maybe use them on the main roster, what kind of clash makes more sense than the former Bullet Club versus the Wyatt family as a brawl at WrestleMania, uh, especially if Bray Wyatt is the man this year and they debut AJ Styles in the Rumble and throws all of Bray Wyatt's plans off the mark. Um, I see AJ Styles being in the Rumble match. I don't know what else he could do necessarily if he's going to stick around in WWE full time or if he's just coming in for this one show because uh, that's another option, right, Sean, that the AJ Styles might just be a surprise entrant in the Rumble because he's a free agent. And, you know, he has his spots and then he goes out and he's never seen again. Uh, it's a possibility, but I think there would be, with the amount of buzz that they got, I'll say that this was the biggest story that I had covered. Uh, the, the New Japan oh, WWE story is the biggest, the biggest thing that I had covered personally since the CM Punk, well, probably since the CM Punk interview with Colt Cabana and the UFC signing. That stuff, yeah, so it was... It was huge, uh, and I think there would, there would be a lot of disappointment associated with that. Uh, it's always funny. I said this today on Twitter. People are like, well, AJ Styles probably only has three years left. That That's a full Goldberg WCW run. Not that he'll be booked like that, but 
that's all Goldberg had was like three years. It's also a full WWE contract length. Yeah. I mean, I mean they, they, they can do something with that. And I think they're starting to see that more. I don't know if it's Triple H getting in Vince's ear saying, well, let's use these people. Let's let's use some outside people. I mean, we've seen Tommaso Ciampa work for PWG, Global Force, TNA, ROH, and WWE within six months of each other. That would not have happened right. uh, a few years ago. So It was also, uh, I mean, CM Punk's best run, 2010 to 2013, was also the three-year time period. I mean... Uh, yeah. you, know, you can do a lot in three years. You can do yeah, and, quite a bit. And uh, Nakamura's the same way, and he's beaten up. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's beaten up, but people forget Doc Gallows is like in his early 30s still, and Carl Anderson has a lot of gas in the tank. I think they'll probably start out in NXT, but I love the idea of a New Japan Bullet Club guys, even if they replace Nakamura with like Finn Balor uh, in the, the new uh, Bullet Club or something like that uh, against the Wyatts. That would be incredible. Yeah, and, and you have a ready-made story. I mean, the Wyatt family, the most dominant faction, and here you have the Bullet Club coming in as the most dominant worldwide faction uh, coming in for a logical WrestleMania match um, in, in you know, a place where WrestleMania crowds tend to know what kind of kind of goes on in the rest of the world. So I can, see, I can see a lot of different things. I'm just saying that if AJ Styles was coming in for a match at WrestleMania, I think it has something to do with Bray Wyatt. That's what I will hang my... Uh, my soon-to-be-eaten hat on right now. <laughs> could, could you imagine the heat in, in a match between uh, a WWE Bullet Club and a reformed Shield down the line? Could be huge. That could be fantastic, if booked right. But, you know, I mean, uh, Heath Slater, Adam Rose, and Fandango against three guys could have been huge if, if people were booked right. That's, yeah. that's the real issue is people aren't booked right. Now, I'm not saying I want those guys to be in a major feud. I'm just saying you got to book people right, and that doesn't seem to happen a lot. Yeah, WWE had Ethan Carter, and Ethan Carter, even though it's yeah. not on a platform that's highly watched, is doing pretty good things in TNA. Very and good things. WWE, you know, they let him kind of run around on the NXT TV show. He was super entertaining with with Fandango, and nothing happens. Nothing happens on the main roster. Kind of like Tyler Breeze. Tyler Breeze is just floundering. Maybe this is a better question. Is Tyler Breeze going to be in the Rumble? Uh, uh, I hope that... If he is and he lasts a minute, they put it on the next season of Breaking Ground because nothing nothing says happy ending like that, right? Sometimes you just got to be careful what you wish for, Jeff, because Tyler Breeze was waiting and waiting and waiting, wanting to work his way up. And after two months, I mean, he just seems like he's done and he's going to go the Adam Rose route. He might go back to NXT. He might have to work on the new character because it just seems like he is done as Tyler Breeze being anything on the main roster right now. There's a certain... How should you say naivete that wrestling can be a meritocracy when really it's almost pure cosmetics and that self-awareness then kicks in? I think this is one of those times, unfortunately. I love Tyler Breeze. I think he's done wonders for that. Those NXT takeover shows being the guy in the opening position. And I think this is, you know, to, to put in a non-kid friendly form, it's bullshit. But that's me. I'm going to have to put the explicit tag up now. Okay. Well, I'll, uh, bull crap. How does, about that? You put that in there. Yeah, I'll, I'll edit that. Sean, does, <laughs> does Vince Russo cuss a lot on your shows? Uh, he almost never curses a lot. DDP did a lot last night, so we had to put the explicit tag up. Because Vince Russo, uh, a, he's a Christian guy. He, he doesn't make any bones about the, his faith usually, right? Yeah, I try to keep the GDs off of uh, the podcast just out of respect to him. But, I mean... 
when you watch three hours of Raw on a Monday, it's kind of hard to not curse. That's true. What is I don't, I don't cuss a lot either. It's just rare that I get that angry about something. Sometimes I just kind of needle Jeff a little bit too much. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I can't do it today because the one thing I would needle him on is the Bengals. And I know you're a Bengals fan too, so it would be two on one and I'm a scared little boy. Solidarity, baby. Yeah, well, we have former TNA. Not only do I have former WCW champion Vince Russo on my side, I have former TNA tag team champion Pac-Man Jones on my side as a Bengals fan, plus Vontez Perfect. And by the looks of it, you probably don't want to say anything bad about Vontez Perfect because he might die. He, he might die. He might die, Jeff. He might die. He, um, might die. he, was, talk, he was talking about you. Talking about you, yeah, no, you might die. I know. I'm saying he's he's talking about you know me dying. I'm not a big fan of that. Um, Adam Jones, Pac-Man, was a tag team champion with who? Sean, uh, TNA. I know. <laughs> who was his tag team partner? Oh uh, well, technically, our uh, truth, and then Xavier Woods replaced him. Xavier Woods. That's right. Look at the transitions from Rob McCarron Indeed. here on this professional audio podcast. Very good. Uh, the New Day is defending the tag team titles against the Usos. Um, and you look at this card for the Royal Rumble. We all we have the world title on the line for the Royal Rumble match. We have the tag titles on the line. The Intercontinental, the U.S., the Divas Championship. Every match announced right now is a title match, and all titles are on the line. The Royal Rumble is stealing Night of Champions gimmick. Yes. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> When ev- well, I mean, let's hell, hell of a gimmick to steal. <laughs> it's a it's a hell of a gimmick to steal. But when every pay per view is supposed to have its own gimmick, here it is: the Night of Champions. If it uh, if it couldn't have been watered down anymore, is now watered down by the the Rumble of the Royals here. You, you know, you know, every pay per view should have, have all the titles. Yes, exactly. It's not it's not like it's a special thing to have all your titles on every special event. Listen, I made an observation. I stated <laughs> the observation. Bengals suck. Take that. Um, anyway, anyway, I might die. Uh, the tag titles are on the line. Is About this... to hit this red button. Oh, no. Don't do it. Don't hang up. Don't hang up. <laughs> um, Sean, the Usos, are they winning the tag titles here? Ah, man, I don't think so. But I kind of wanted, when, when the New Day thing started after they won the titles back from primetime players... I kind of wanted them to keep losing it because I wanted them to become tag team champions like an obscene number of times just to do it. Like I wanted them to become like 74 time tag team champions just so they could like throw it up to people. But yeah, it seems like the ship has sailed. Oh, I guess the ship has sailed on that. Their act has grown a little more tired each week, uh, but they still do some great stuff. So I... I don't know. This Usos New Day thing isn't exactly fresh, and I don't know where it's going to go after this. It's it's not lighting the world on fire, Jeff. The Usos tag team champions. Nope, not until the multi team cluster at WrestleMania. So what kind of? I mean, yeah, I think you're right. I think they're going to be some type of multi team thing. Even the Ascension might be in it for all I know. Uh. Um, but like, you just devalue <laughs> everything when you have these one on one programs, and then it takes a new champion to be crowned in a multi man match. Just seems odd. It doesn't seem like you have real contenders in there. It doesn't feel like you have a real story that I should care about. I mean, Cesaro and Tyson Kidd, uh, you know, in the tag team match last year at WrestleMania, in this multi-man that didn't even make the main show, it was on the WWE Network pre-show. Um, you you have a good match sometimes, but no one really cares about the outcome of it because it's just a little prelim match that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, but remember they're thinking about, you know, well, that this way they won't lose their heat if they're not pinned. 
whatever. Sometimes you should lose your heat. You should lose the heat and transfer it to someone else. I agree. And then you could build them back up because that's what they do masterfully with Bray Wyatt. He loses and then they build them back up as something and they protect him, but they don't do that on a regular basis. It's funny with Bray. Yeah. I think Bray's a little different because if you look at Bray Wyatt, except in this case, in the case of Roman Reigns, where his whole goal was to just not let Roman Reigns win anything. Right. I look at Bray Wyatt and I'm like, not the kind of guy that I think would care if he wins or loses. I think that he just wants to raise hell. But I mean, I could be wrong. Yeah, you, I, you know what? It's odd. I feel the same way that that should be the Dean Ambrose character as well. So yeah, we go to uh, Dean Ambrose, the Intercontinental Championship. Dean a Ambrose. Cincinnati native. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Dean Ambrose he will also kill you, Rob. He he would. He would literally kill me and not care much about it. But like most people, he has left Cincinnati to move to Vegas. Um, <laughs> Dean Ambrose is defending the championship against Kevin Owens. Could Kevin Owens take the title here? And if not, where does he go from here? Sean, the big question. So, who walks out as the IC champ? Ah, man. I think you go one of two ways. And this is how I, I hope it goes because I think Dean Ambrose, I would like Dean Ambrose to transition maybe into something with Jericho playing off of their issues in September. But again, that would require continuity, something that doesn't happen very often in WWE. Another thing that involves continuity, I would like to see Kevin Owens win the title, then be eliminated by a debuting Sami Zayn in the Rumble, setting up a match between those two. Uh, I mean, this is a feud that had no resolution, started well over a year ago, and uh, Sami Zayn is such a just a likable dude that it's hard for him to not get over wherever he is. You could plant him somewhere where he's never... Nobody has ever heard of him, like in just some random country. And I feel like by the time his entrance was over, he would get over with the crowd. And uh, it it really depends on how much confidence the WWE has in him. But I think that could be a WrestleMania match. I think that yeah. Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn for the Intercontinental Title uh, could be a WrestleMania match. You play up their history and everything like that. That's how I hope it goes. No, I, I like it as a WrestleMania match, too, especially when there's a lot of spots seemingly open on the card. Why not bring someone up from NXT who could potentially put on not only a good show, but have followers tune into a show that they may have, you know, somehow missed, uh, you know, if they weren't, you know, really intrigued by the big names on top at WrestleMania, you know, Sami Zayn on the show, put them on there, have them watch it. Uh, it promotes NXT. It's it, There's a lot of potential there. Um, Intercontinental Championship, Jeff, I... I think that Dean Ambrose retains the championship. That doesn't mean that Dean Ambrose may go into WrestleMania as the title holder. Um, maybe they do another ladder match, multi-man match with a whole bunch of challengers for it. I don't know. But Dean Ambrose, I think, is retaining. So you got to break the tie here. I would absolutely love it if they would set up Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens one-on-one. But I agree with you. They're going to do the multi-man cluster because everybody has to get on the card at WrestleMania for some reason. I, you know, everything about this screams to me double count out with some sort of wacky fight that continues throughout the card and then continues through the rumble, perhaps. They call Curtis Axel out. The two of them beat up Curtis Axel, keep on brawling down to the ring and into the rumble. I mean, I, I just don't see there being a resolution to this match. I think that'd be a great idea. Hey, I we, mean, the, 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 the brawl, at least. Yeah, we agree yeah. that they're going to do something to uh, kind of relive last year with Curtis Axel. Now, if Curtis Axel somehow gets a spot in this rumble, uh, 
Will he's getting they, taken out. He's getting taken they're gonna out. They're going to repeat it. it. Yeah. They're going to repeat it. Yeah. They uh, have to. Keep it going. Why not? Yeah. Make it a make it an actual thing. Um, we have the U.S. Championship, Alberto Del Rio and Callisto again uh, for the fourth time here in a matter of, what, two weeks? Uh, maybe third time. Third time, I believe it is, in a matter of two weeks. The championship is on the line. Does Callisto win it back, or does Del Rio go into the Royal Rumble match as U.S. champion, Sean? This is tough because... <laughs> I don't know what the hell they're doing. Uh, they have really fun matches, though. Uh, really fun matches, but I don't know what they're doing. Like, I I can't believe that they would have Del Rio with uh, whatever they paid him to show up and lose to Kalisto three times in a month. But there are a lot of things that happen that don't make sense. So uh, I would I would have to say Del Rio is probably going to win this match. Again, I'm putting the qualifier that if Del Rio wins the Rumble, he loses here. So if he if he's not win the Rumble, he wins here. So if Alberto Del Rio loses, Jeff, will you go in? If, if Del Rio loses the U.S. title to Callisto, are you going into the Rumble match thinking, you know what, Del Rio's winning here? Like, yes. is that enough to put it over the top that you think Del Rio's winning? Yeah? Yes. Yes, for me it is, yeah. Okay. Uh, the Divas Championship, Charlotte with Ric Flair is uh, defending the title against Becky Lynch, who have, some have called the best babyface in WWE right now. Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Jeff, who you got? I think Becky Lynch gets a run with the belt here. She's the only one who didn't get a run with it uh, out of the call-ups from NXT. I think she gets a short run here, and it uh, continues the Charlotte Ric Flair tension type of thing. But I think Charlotte's had it long enough. She can drop it here, and then if they decide to have a three-way, if Sasha's back for WrestleMania, then either Sasha or Nikki or whoever the heck can take it off of uh, Becky then. I feel like, uh, and maybe I'm wrong with this, uh, there have been a lot of crowds that have not really recepted well to the Divas matches, especially the longer they go. This mm-hmm. is a pay-per-view crowd that I think will appreciate Becky Lynch and Charlotte, and they're in Orlando. So I mean, we've been talking about, would the crowd recognize AJ Styles if he came in, and we've been talking about how TNA was based in Orlando for so long doing their shows that you, there's probably some seeping through as far as the audience goes and recognition-wise. Uh, same thing with Charlotte and Becky Lynch. An Orlando crowd seems like it would be the one crowd to be the most appreciative of these two. I mean, Sean, do you do you think the crowd will receive these two well? And who do you have winning the match? I do think they'll uh, receive it well. I think Becky's going to get a run too. It, it's hard to believe that Charlotte's had the title since September. Uh, crazy, uh, crazy to think. Uh, also, as I look this up on Wikipedia, I'm seeing some some weird stuff about this match. I don't know if it's true. Uh, Wikipedia has it listed that Charlotte uh, vacated the title due to a torn ACL, which I don't know if that's true or not. But um, uh, they they say that happened tonight in Dayton. But I don't think that that show started yet. It hasn't so, started yet. No. So uh, Wikipedia, get get on your game. Get on your game. Because everything that you read on Wikipedia is supposed to be true. And this... Especially in the WWE land where the moderators there are like the biggest, you know, they they want to get it right. You know, they... they Not even right sometimes. They just want to make sure that no one can change it unless they approve it. To be fair, one time I did edit the Miz's Wikipedia so I could convince my fiance that Mike Mizanin had a twin brother named Mark Mizanin who had taken his place. Wow, uh, and, and it stayed there for three days. The lengths you go through to win a bet, you know. If I ever, uh, I'm gonna always change CM Punk's history to make sure it never fought in UFC. Yeah, so I was, I was, 
<laughs> very, I'm very upset at you, Wikipedia, and, and your moderators. You're pissing me off. Sorry if I'm not allowed to say that, but I think Becky... Well, the thing is, Becky's super over as a baby face. She's really likable, and they've had a continuing storyline each week that builds up. It doesn't need 15, 20 minutes every single week. It's a little backstage segment here. It's a little commentary jab there. It's, it's a subtle things that Charlotte will do, holding her title up above her head when... Becky Lynch is celebrating her victory. Little things like that that build up to such uh, an interesting thing and such a good match, a uh, good feud. I've really enjoyed this. And, yeah, I think Becky should get a, a run with it. Yeah, and I, let me just add, I don't mean to sound like it's a ceremonial title run of any kind. Becky Lynch has been a revelation these past two weeks in terms of being a legitimate, credible babyface. I think whoever said that she's the best babyface in, in WWE right now you know, if you're not counting NXT and Bailey, they're correct. And before we let you go, Sean, I want to get one final. We did the top three, but now we have to make the final pick. After all this talking, we'll see if it's different. The Royal Rumble, Rumble excuse me, Royal Rumble winner will be who, Sean? Um, the Royal Rumble winner will be Triple H. Jeff. Roman Reigns, but Triple H leaves with the belt. So Roman Reigns wins the match. Yeah, and Triple H comes in and throws him in, throws him out afterwards due to McMahon shenanigans. I am predicting a Royal Rumble win for Triple H as well. I think Pac-Man Jones should win it. Let me let me get one pick from each of you. Who is going to be that surprise where everybody goes, "Whoa, we haven't seen him in a long time this year." Ooh. Yeah, who who do you all think are some surprise entrants? I think I think AJ Styles will be a surprise entrant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, who else lives in Florida? Like, you know are what? there people I'm, in Florida we could be, you know, a short trip? Cody Kevin Nash? Deaner. Cody, Cody that, Deaner. Yeah. The two that I have I had written down, I think MVP may make an appearance in this rumble. And I think uh I think this is the year that uh they they get Byron Saxton in there for some oh, reason. Oh god. Maybe they've done the announcers before. I, I see yeah. Kevin Nash short drive, uh, you know, to Orlando. I can see Kevin Nash in there, especially, you know, Vince called him up to try and be a heavy that gets Roman Reigns out. Um, so I can easily see a Kevin Nash. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing a guy like Ken Shamrock who who did that, but he's got a fight coming up, so that's not going to happen. Yeah. Matt Hardy? <laughs> I wouldn't count on it. I wouldn't count on it either, but, uh, you know, uh, oh. Hardy boys, why not? Wouldn't, be, wouldn't be the first TNA employee we've seen pop up in WWE lately. So that's true. That's, but it's hard to it's hard to do the surprise appearances because uh, and there are so if, many names, and you wouldn't be surprised by I mean, like shocked by some of them. You would be surprised that they're in there, but not like that's a name out of the realm of possibility. But you know, we're so focused on you know all the rumors aside from AJ Styles that you know they had the boogeyman last year. You know, okay, let me let me it could let be me cut you like off. That. Let me cut you off. It could be Jim Part Duggan. B. Part B question. I think Duggan's probably going in anyways. Um, is Does an NXT star show up in the Rumble? See, I, I think so, but I, I wouldn't know. If I had to pick one of them, I would probably pick Baron Corbin. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I mean, you could have Finn Balor in there. Of course, they're taping TV, you know, two nights prior. So maybe if we get the spoilers of TV, it might be more evident who could possibly be leaving or maybe just as a one-off entrant. I don't know. I really see, don't know. I, I, I could me, see it, it being, be, yeah, I could see ahead. it being Apollo Cruz too, just to kind of go in there, show his high flying and promote NXT as a brand. 
It could I want my be boy anybody. Muhammad Hassan in there. Oh, well. it, it could be anybody as low as the mid card. I mean, it could be Big Cass coming out there, yeah. and he'd get a decent reaction probably from that crowd. Yeah, I would say I would say getting an NXT guy in there is. I would say it's even likely. It's likely okay. that we're going to see one current NXT name in there, um, even if it is Sami Zayn. Why not? Sami Zayn's second chance. The first time he had the chance to wrestle Cena, and he got hurt. This is his second chance at the main roster. Uh, we could possibly see that. I don't know. Maybe if Sami Zayn loses, uh, because he's got a one-on-one match for the number one contendership to the title, uh, maybe if he lost that match. I don't know. Um yeah, it's been fun talking the Royal Rumble. There's a lot of possibilities. I, for one, am very looking forward to this match here coming up on Sunday uh, just for not only all the possibilities on the Rumble winner, but the surprise entrance, the the results from the other matches, all the different wrestling shows that are going around with Evolve Wrestling, with, with NXT taping TV. It's going to be a big news weekend. And Sean Ross Sapp, you would know that as a news site at at wrestlinginc.com this is probably going to be a big weekend traffic wise for you guys i would assume right oh yeah i heard something i heard some interesting stuff is going to happen at evolve too i'm not going to say what it is but heard some crazy stuff's going to happen crazy stuff is happening i mean you got to watch out i mean shinsuke nakamura <laughs> showing up at evolve it's probably uh, <laughs> i w- you know what put it on the scroll it's happening i'm officially confirming that right now uh, I did Shinsuke not say Nakamura, that. Um, WrestlingInc.com is reporting Shinsuke I did Nakamura. Not say that. At <laughs> Evolve. Um, but Sean, I want to thank you so much. Uh, one last chance to get your uh, plugs in here, and uh, and we'll kick you offline. Yeah, guys, follow me at Sean Ross at visit WrestlingInc.com. Uh, listen to the or watch the Wrestling Inc. podcast Monday. We're doing it Thursday. Definitely watch it on Sunday after the Rumble instead of Shake Them Ropes because uh, we're probably way better. Just saying. Uh, wow. Also. Also, if you want to be able to lift cars with your bare hands, on it.com slash wrestling, save 10%. Yeah. All right. Well, that was fun. Royal Rumble Talk. Sean mm-hmm. Ross Sapp, thank you so much for uh, joining us. And now Jeff and I are here to Hi. talk match number 48 mm-hmm. on our top 100 countdown. Matches to see on WWE Network before you die. Match number 48 is Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, our second straight WrestleMania match. WrestleMania 6, Jeff, mm-hmm. the main event. Intercontinental Champion Warrior defending his title against World Champion Hulk Hogan defending his title. Uh, big main event, your memories, before we really get into this one, your memories of the match itself, watching it as you were a young little lad there. Upon examination of the galaxies, the space images begin to appear. Images of strange and powerful forces. But of all the forces in the universe, the two most powerful... Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior prepare to explode. Champion versus champion, title for title. It's the ultimate champ challenge. It's WrestleMania. <laughs> uh, I was not that we. Um, and as you might recall, I grew up in an area that was not WWE he- heavy, but this was still a, kind of a big deal, um, especially to my brother, who was a huge Ultimate Warrior fan. And it felt like... It felt like a natural transition for this is going to be the time where they kind of crown Ultimate Warrior to be the next big star because, you know, even though Hulk Hogan wasn't old, he seemed old and he looked old. And um, it's odd. I don't have a lot of nostalgia because we're just kind of, you know, we'd all get together and we'd watch these pay-per-views and, you know, we get excited. But, you know, it wasn't really, I mean, to us, it was kind of exciting, but still we were I mean, it's 1990. A lot of my friends had kind of graduated from high school by that time and moved on off of wrestling. So it was basically, you know, kind of the dregs still watching. 
uh, WWF at this time, mostly me, to be honest with you. But um, no, it, it, it felt like a big, bigger deal to other people I met later in life from other parts of the country because, of course, it's a Northeastern promotion. But um, upon rewatch, there's a lot that's amazing about this match and about the build to this match because <laughs> how they did this with their top two faces to make them both somewhat unlikable and to have people cheer them, this is kind of what they were trying to go for with Roxena that whole time, but they couldn't really get the, the vibe of it because people wanted to cheer the rock far more than they did Cena. I think there was more of a generational gap type thing. I don't think there was that much of a generational gap between the fandoms of the ultimate warrior and Hulk Hogan, but in terms of the performance and stuff, I mean, I, I know that they had a documentary crew for wrestling with shadows. If there had been a documentary crew to film the negotiations, knowing what we know now about Hogan and the warrior about how this match was going to be laid out. I would pay to see that right now. Because the only real-life corollary I can think of is an old movie that you may or may not have seen called The Towering Inferno. Um, 1979 or 70-something disaster pick where they got the two biggest stars in the world to star in it, but they were both being rather petty with their demands to the point where they each had to have equal number of lines. And in order to... So neither got top billing... One was put top right and one was put diagonal on the left so that if you read it from top down, one guy would get top building, billing. And if you read it from left to right, the, the other guy would get top billing. It is amazing. They both, they both in this match <laughs> play the heel, play the face, get heat, heat spots. Jesse Ventura is making comments that at the time would have flown over anybody's head but make perfect sense now. And then the aftermath with Hogan trying to steal focus as a performer is just, it's, and, and his long walk out is just amazing. There's a lot to behold about this match. And upon rewatch, it's much bigger than I gave it credit for at the time. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. I, just to, on that last point that you made, I mean, I asked people on Twitter, your memories of Hogan and Warrior from WrestleMania six. You know, uh, at NP Davis on Twitter says, I believe in the mania book officials backstage didn't even know if Hogan would do the job. So like you have to imagine yeah. that Vince and other officials are back there watching the little closed circuit monitor. Like, OK, is Hogan going to do what we want him to do or or how is he going to try to ruin this moment? Uh, so not just those who are watching in Skydome, but everyone else who was watching in the back were kind of nervous about how this might actually result. You know, um, what's weird, though? For all the talk of Hogan stealing focus that I had heard before even going into this match uh -huh. and remembering it, through the magic of television editing, it makes it seem like it is still the Warrior's big moment and the transition yeah. works. It, it, it doesn't seem all that much like stealing focus once Hogan gets out of the ring and leaves. Right. That, that, that's, that's the whole thing is the kick out right after three, which I thought was great. In retrospect, if that was Hogan's call, good on you, brother, because I think that's a almost a perfect call here. Um, well, because you still want to kind of keep Hogan strong. Obviously, Hogan wanted to keep himself strong. Yeah, and 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 you you have to view it as you know, are you watching as a fan and thinking, yeah, you know, a guy of that 
caliber would kick out at two, or are you looking at it as well? He's supposed to be passing the torch, so he should have killed Hogan and gotten. That's the probably it. If he's passing the torch, you should have a definitive win. Yeah. But also at the same time, these were billed going in. The two top guys in the company, one the champion mm-hmm. of uh, you know the Americas, the other the champion of the world, and they go in there. It's going to be a close matchup. You know, Hogan nearly hitting the leg drop. Hogan kicking out of the first uh, splash from the Ultimate Warrior. Right. This was a very close matchup. It was one of those where it was a run. It was a a one run game, not a ten run blowout. And the the Warrior ended up getting the final pin, which is kind of all that matters. The guy that holds the title mm-hmm. uh, on April first, nineteen ninety, the guy who walks out with the championship is the big champion, and that was the Ultimate Warrior. So in a way, there's a lot of talk about Hogan. You know, before the match, after the match, the way he acted. But really, this was the big win, and this is why they show it in very short clip form. They show you the yeah. last moment of Warrior getting the win, uh, because if you watch the whole match, yeah, you may not you may not get that same emotion for the Ultimate Warrior. You may not realize that was the big moment for the Warrior. But that, those final minutes right there, I mean, the crowd was into everything. The crowd in this match, they just wanted to see these two guys in the ring with each other. Yeah, it, it's and far, that. And that- it, it's yeah. far different than now where you see Reigns and Brock Lesnar on Raw in the ring at the same time for four straight weeks before they finally clash. You see some other matches that are going to happen at WrestleMania. Those guys in different combinations. A lot of times on Raw, you have 52 weeks of TV to fill. Here, this crowd was super excited to finally see the Warrior and Hulk Hogan at the biggest stage of them all, WrestleMania, the main event. And they were for you know tests of strength for the most basic of moves. Bear, the bear hug spot in the middle where both guys are kind of getting some rest because this match went 22 minutes, uh, you know, at the 15 minute mark or so they're in the bear hug spot. And this crowd is still super hyped. They're not getting worn out. They're not chanting. This is boring. This crowd is anxiously awaiting to see if Hulk Hogan can get out of this bear hug. They were just up for the smallest stuff. Well, yeah. And it's, it's funny, as, as I said in the preamble, the, the, the ebb and flow of this match is they, they do all these things, but at some point warrior plays heel and then turns back face when Hogan turns heel on stuff. You have the eye rakes. You have guys taking shortcuts. You you have both of them trying to beat guys down when they're hulking up. I mean, it's 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 a greatest hits. You ha- you have Warrior accidentally knocking the ref out and then going exactly. for his guitar at ringside to smash it over Hogan's head. I mean, <laughs> okay, that part didn't happen, but yeah, no, you, but but you did have a ref bump where both guys ended up pinning the other guy. Yeah, you had visual pins on both people. You had uh-huh. Hogan pinning Warrior and Warrior pinning Hogan, so um, you don't have this. Hogan gets the visual pin and then takes the real loss uh, type it, situation. It, it, it's it's funny you mentioned the bear hug in the middle because they had been going a while. My favorite thing about this match that I also mentioned was Jesse Ventura before the match during each of their entrances because the warrior comes running out and and Ventura goes, wow, this is a dumb move. He could get tired that way. And knowing what we know now about the warrior, he had blown himself up running out to the ring. Yeah. And then and then about Hogan. Oh, look at Hogan taking his time being a pr- prima donna. And of course, knowing what we know now, the scissor lift had broken for driving out. So he just decided to walk out and say the heck with it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, all great. It's all so great. Even though the match isn't great, everything it's everything pro wrestling should be in terms of spectacle, which I I love. I I, I have a thing for spectacle and big moments. And and this is and this is definitely one of spectacle, big moments, matches that mean something more than just what's in the ring. Um, I mean, The Rock and Hulk Hogan is still one of my favorite WrestleMania matches of all time. And the match isn't that great, but 
these are two guys that you believe in. These are two guys that put on a show, and they know what they're doing. And the Warrior, for all you want to say, negative or positive, knew what he was doing in this match anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it, you know, everybody, people love, I mean, it, it's snobbery kind of to say, well, the Warrior didn't know how to work and whatnot. Okay, fine, he, he wasn't Chris Benoit in the ring, but that doesn't mean he wasn't enjoyable at times to watch. Sometimes he was absolutely dreadful, don't get me wrong. I, 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 there's not a single Warrior match I think I'd want to rewatch on an infinite loop if I had the choice, but, you know, I mean, watch the crowd during this match. They're into it from start to finish. Lou Pickney on Twitter says WrestleMania six was the first WWF pay-per-view I ever watched live. The Mm buildup for Hogan warrior was great and the match delivered fun memories. Yeah. Um, A lot of fun. I watched, I watched the entire pay-per-view yesterday and uh, no, it's a, it's a fun one, but it's, it's definitely a relic of its time. And it also has some of the things that uh, Vince, if you think Vince was out of touch, is out of touch now, he was out of touch then in terms of celebrity guests, in terms of Steve Allen doing commentary on a match and Mary Tyler Moore being in the front row. <laughs> I mean, Vince is always about 25 years behind the times, and you just have to kind of accept that. But going back to this match, I mean, even the commentary. I mean, I thought Gorilla and, and Jesse were great. I loved when Jesse just kind of dropped that. Oh, when they're doing the uh, the trading uh eye rakes and, and, and gouges and back scratches. Like, Oh, it's about time. These two goody two shoes drop the facade or something. I thought, yeah. Oh yeah, there you go. Jess. Now what's interesting about this match is a lot of the matches that we've had on our countdown. Um, you know, some of the newer ones, the ones that took place over the last five years, I would say a large majority of our audience has probably seen and mm-hmm. probably watched the whole thing. Some of the past matches that we've had, the ones that are a little bit older, were really famous matches. So a large portion of our audience has probably gone back either on the network or or had seen them live at the time. This one is uh, one of those types of matches, I would say. Am I, am I wrong in thinking that Warrior and Hogan from WrestleMania VI, while almost everyone has seen the final moment and knows that Warrior won the championship on this night at WrestleMania VI against Hogan and watched that final clip, would you say a large portion of the audience has seen the entire match, all 22 minutes, or is oh, this no. a match that most people probably haven't watched from start to finish? No, because I could I could see it being a bit of a a chore for people who are used to modern style wrestling, even indie wrestling, of being you know a lot of high spots and stuff like that. It could be a chore to watch 22 minutes. I think they've seen kind of the editing, the edited greatest hits part of it, but they haven't watched the entire thing, no. Then I'll, then I'll on the challenge, if you're listening to the show and you have not seen the match all the way through, uh, go watch it. WrestleMania 6, the main event, I mean, after entrances, the match itself lasts about 22 minutes. Um, if you do go and watch it, Hit us up on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes. Email Please. me at rob at voicesofwrestling.com. Go and watch this match and then tell me what you thought. Like, did you feel like you had to fast forward it at any point? Did it? Did they keep your attention? How, how different uh, do you think that current main events could be if they took some of the ideas and aspects of that match? Uh, give me your thoughts at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter and uh, oh, yeah. tag... Tag at crap game 13 too, so he can see him as well. Yeah, please. And, and, you know, anything, including commentary, atmosphere, crowd, you know, the little, the little things make matches. It's a good chance especially. to get uh, gorilla monsoon commentary too. Cause he's the one doing yeah. it with Ventura. It's gorilla monsoon and Jesse Ventura. This mm-hmm. this this is one of uh, Monsoon's better calls, I think, as well. I know a lot of people, a lot of people don't like gorilla monsoon for some reason. I, I always enjoyed him. 
He was uh, he really wanted you to know about the awesome power of both guys during this match, though. <laughs> the unstoppable force versus the immovable object. You know, you get the gorilla monsoon cliches here. Don't don't worry. You you get certain body parts with longer names than they have to be. Right. You know, but but you know that's part of the every announcer has their ticks. You know, Jim Ross has his college football background stuff that he likes to do. That that's gorillas. I can I can live with it, and especially because Jesse. Jesse's so quick wit, he won't let Gorilla, you know, forget something that he screws up on. Yep, and that is the Rumble preview and match number 48 on our countdown. We are going to be back next week on the regular time on Tuesday with our show, talking the fallout of the post Rumble Raw and match number 47, Jeff, Shawn Michaels and Triple H, the return of Shawn Michaels to the ring. SummerSlam 2002. At SummerSlam 2002. We are going to talk about that unsanctioned match from SummerSlam 2002 next week on the show. But before that episode, Shake Them Ropes 130 is going to be Mm -hmm. happening live Mm -hmm. on Sunday. You should totally ignore the Wrestling Inc. podcast and stick and be loyal to us as we do our show live on YouTube uh, at VoicesOfWrestling.com slash YouTube. We will be doing it live, Jeff and I, Shake Them Ropes 130 happening live after the Royal Rumble. I will link the show in this description. Uh, The page is already up. You can go, you can like the video, share it, bookmark it so you're ready on Sunday night. We will be taking your thoughts on the show in our live chat or on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes. So join us after the Royal Rumble as we talk all the craziness, or maybe we talk about the crowd's reaction to a Roman Reigns win for the second year in a row. Who knows? But we will be talking about all of that live on Sunday night. Shake Them Ropes 130 on YouTube. Follow at Shake Them Ropes for all the info. I want to th- I want to thank Sean again for joining us to talk about the Royal Rumble. I want to thank you, Jeff, for oh. giving your hot takes on the Rumble. And uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if Del Rio. I actually agree that that's a possibility that Del Rio could, you know, win this match and go on to a fast lane main event with Brock Lesnar. I think it's a possibility. We will see if it happens Sunday night. We'll come back with Shake Them Ropes. But I want to thank all of you for listening. Go check us out at VoicesOfWrestling.com, and we will see you all on Sunday night. In a world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.